We are wrapping up the series called Remember. This is the last Sunday for the series. I was going to pause for, yay. Okay. Uh, remember is basically talking about how COVID has kind of driven everything apart. We've, we got splintered. We got fractured. And now we're kind of waking up from that. Hopefully this variant is the, the last severe variant, but we're kind of coming back together as the body of Christ. So this is a chance to remember as the body of Christ. We've talked about several things, and it's all designed to lead towards uh, the membership uh, program that we have. It's called WordServe 101, and it'll be more on that in just a minute. But what we're talking about today is very important to WordServe, and, and you'll see why in just a second. What I want to ask you is when you are considering joining an organization or a relationship or taking a job, what kind of things do you consider? So let's say you're, you're looking at that job. What do you decide? What do you consider before you say yes or no? Uh, let's say you're looking at that church body. What do you consider before you say yes or no? And as I look back on my life at the many things that I've joined or attempted to join, uh, you know, a lot of times it's more about what I can get out of the organization. I rarely think about what I might give to the organization. This is the one thing that makes church, I think, very unique. Uh, because if you, if you want to balance this out, what do I get versus what do I give, it's very natural. When you're looking at a job, you want to know what's my salary, what are my benefits, what's my vacation time, uh, what are my hours, all these things that are important to you. But how often do we think, here's what I can do to impact the world in my service to that job? If I'm honest, I don't really think that very much. In, in church life, it kind of takes a twist because that's kind of the whole thing. But how often do we ask what can I give? And why is that important? Well, today's text in Matthew 20, if you want to follow in the home, home game there, Matthew 20, starting in verse 20, I made it easy, 2020, we're going to talk about a, a time of how Jesus defines service. And to set the context, the disciples are traveling, they've been at it for a while, there's all kinds of hope that this Jesus is the one, that he's going to overthrow the Romans, that they're going to come to a sentence, they're going to have true power. And the disciples, being human, begin to jockey for power. And then one of the moms steps in. Has a mom ever embarrassed you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my kid needs more playing time. My kid, you, you know how it goes, right? But this mom is interesting. This mom is the mother of James and John. Now, why is this interesting? Because to me... As, as they're walking on the road, you're going to see what this mom does. She tries to put her boys up front and make sure they have the best position. And here's what makes this interesting. Some scholars believe that that mother, whose name is, wait a minute, who knows her name? That's what I thought. See, they don't mention the name. Her name was Salome. And some scholars believe that she was the sister of Mary, as in Mary, mother of Jesus. That would mean that this woman who's asking Jesus for this favor isn't just some woman. This is Aunt Salome. And these are my cousins that she's talking about. You see the layers start to get pretty complicated when it comes to family. So now we're ready to read the story. We're going to hear about these wonderful disciples who are the most godly men and never got upset or competed with one another and just wanted to do whatever Jesus wanted to do and life was so good that uh, they didn't need to worry about anything. That's not true. They're people just like us. Let's read Matthew 20, starting in verse 20. Oh, I've got it on the screen for you. In fact, I'm going to probably read it from there. Here we go. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, that would be 
Aunt Salome, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Now, notice Jesus said to them. It's not just mom, but cousins all ganging up on him, just so we have the context. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten, that would be the rest of the disciples, heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. You see, the disciples really weren't that much different from us, and neither was Aunt Salome, apparently. They all wanted to, to get something from their relationship with Jesus. They were less concerned about what they had to give. Now, the irony is this cup that Jesus is asking them to drink is the cup of suffering and sacrifice. Now, who wants to sign up for that job? What are the benefits? Well, you get to suffer. Okay, what about my vacation time? Oh, that's uh, all sacrifice. Yeah. Well, sign me up. Nobody ever wants that. But that's what Jesus was calling them to. And here's the great irony. We're talking about James and John. Now, those are common names, but, but get this. Any guesses uh, who the very first disciple that was killed was? James. Any idea who the very last one to die was? John. These two right here. The first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega of the disciples. James was the first one killed by the sword. So yeah, he drank from that cup. But it was not what he was expecting. Not at all. And yet that was what built the kingdom. <clears throat> Excuse me, not just that, but it was a, a series of steps that built the kingdom. Why do we talk about this this morning? Because when it comes to this idea of serving, that's kind of important to word serve. It's half of our name. You don't come to a church called Word Serve and not expect to know how to serve the community and the people around us. So who better to define how we serve and why we serve than Jesus himself? And that's his answer. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. So it behooves us to understand what serving is all about. Now, <clears throat> so the first question that is always a good question to ask is, why should I serve? Well, the obvious answer is, the Sunday school answer, Jesus, because Jesus said we should serve. But that's, is that enough for you? That's not enough for me. Just because someone said so, I'm not likely to do that. So why should I serve? Well, ultimately, the way that Jesus serves accomplishes his mission. And what is his mission? His mission is to reconcile the world, to bring everybody back in. So everything that he does in service to someone is aimed towards that ultimate goal of bringing us back together as one the original re-member, if you will. Everything that he does is pointed towards that mission. In fact, we're the ones who typically screw that up. So why we should serve, it's ultimately to bring us back together to restore what was created in the beginning. And the beginning was pretty good. It was paradise. 
And that's still possible. That's still God's plan. And he asks us to be a part of it. Now, how should we serve? This is the hardest part, I think. Uh, how should we serve? We should serve in a way that supports Jesus' mission. And that's easy to say, but what does it mean? Well, a lot of times we can see service as an obligation or a duty. The service seems heavy. Service seems hard, inconvenient. But service is all about elevating that other person. Let me give you an example. Let's pretend for a moment that you, you work in a hospital, and there's this patient that comes in with a really nasty gash on their hand. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to serve that person. In that moment, they have a need, and it's pretty drastic. You've got to stop the bleeding. You've got to treat that, and then hopefully they get well, and you send them on their way. But what if that patient comes back on a regular basis with cuts all over their hand? Like, this is the 10th time that you've seen them. And like, what's with the cuts, dude? And eventually it becomes an obligation, like, ah, got to fix this person's hand again. See, if we serve out of a sense of duty and obligation, it gets heavy, it gets weary. But if we serve out of a sense of compassion, out of that desire, and this is why I think God tells us to love neighbor as ourselves, because as we look at that opportunity for service, how can I elevate this individual in God's eyes, not mine? And maybe after about the second or third time that person comes in with that cut on their hand, I go, you know, have you ever had a course on knife safety? Uh, what kind of things are you using to cut? Could, could there be a better way to do what you're trying to do? See, that's the interest in the person, not just the problem. Because the person clearly has something going on in their life. They repeat this, this situation, and they come to you. But if you have compassion, if you have the desire to lift them up in your mind, you're thinking beyond just the problem. You're thinking, how do I lift this person up in my service to them? And so maybe we connect them with a YouTube video on how to chop vegetables. Uh, maybe we buy them a new set of knives. Or we sign them up for a bank account, which includes a free set of knives. You never know. It, it could come from any way. Uh, Maybe a toaster. I don't know. Um, but the point is that we don't just treat the problem and continue to treat the problem. We try to lift that person up out and into a, a better path. And that better path is always connected to Jesus. So we have to serve with heart or it gets heavy, impossible, and it, frankly will burn you out. Now, just uh, making that switch sounds very easy, and it, and it is not easy, I will tell you. Uh, it's easy to fall back into that trap. And sometimes, if that person will not buy that new set of knives or will not watch that video and refuses your help in however they're doing things, then you've done your best. We're not going to save everyone. Uh, Jesus didn't even attract everyone that he talked to. Some of them turned away from him. So if you're looking at batting averages, you don't have to bat 1,000. What we do is we bat 1,000 in our efforts. And maybe at some point it's time to, to move on. That's another discussion for another day. So how do we apply this idea of serving with the heart out of compassion and elevating people? Uh, a couple of application questions. First, we flip the question. Instead of asking, what am I getting out of doing this? Uh, for example, what am I getting out of doing trunk or treat? What am I getting out of Operation Christmas Child? Does it just make me feel good? Or what am I giving? Well, I'm giving an opportunity to connect. I'm giving an opportunity to connect to the living son of God, a, a better way of living, a way that will elevate everyone in the community around us. So flipping the question is a great start. The second one is how can I connect what I'm doing with Jesus 
mission of reconciliation. Now, I have to say this carefully. There are steps involved in this. You don't just go, hey, uh, here's a bag of candy. Do you know where you're going to go if you die tonight? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what did you say? Now, there's nothing wrong with that question. I mean, it's an important question, but it's kind of drastic, don't you think? And that's, that's the difference between what I call impact and influence. Impact is hard-hitting. You get knocked out by impact. But I find that a lot of times impact has a very short shelf life. Influence, however, is much more subtle, much more strategic, much more long-term, and frankly, much more effective. So as we say often at WordServe, we build the bridge of relationship that bears the weight of truth. Let me say that again because I don't know that I can get it out twice, but I want to see. We build the bridge of relationship that will bear the weight of truth. That influence is what's going to make a difference, not only in their lives, but probably our lives as well. So as we think about that, and Jesus, Jesus talks about this, our service to that other person is not like the Gentiles. Even in the text today, you saw Jesus say, the Gentiles lorded over them. In other words, they exercise this authority because they want stuff. They want status, privilege. They want to abuse maybe the situation. I don't know. But it's about what they can get from that, not what they can give to that. Are there boundaries to this? Sure. Are there ways that you can burn out even if you're serving from your heart? Sure. But these are discussions that we can have, and we can manage it gracefully and for his kingdom. So I, I encourage you to stay tuned for that. Uh, and recognize that there is art and science to service. The, the, the way that we do it is pretty clear, but not always in balance. And what am I saying is it, it, it depends. I know you hate ambiguous answers, but every situation depends. We have to balance what we're doing, how we're doing, who we're doing it for, and check ourselves occasionally. This is what, why we come together as a body of Christ, so we can do that for each other. We have some upcoming opportunities to do just that. So the Scarecrow Fest we've already talked about, uh, the Trunk or Treat, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities. If you would like to come to that on October 27th, wear your WordServe t-shirt. And when people say, well, what's with WordServe? Well, let me tell you about it. In fact, we're going to make some cards that we can hand out that direct them to our website and ways that they can connect and plug in with us. Again, we're not trying to you know, make sure that they're 100% good right there, but what we are doing is we're offering that invitation. We're offering them not an invitation to how great we are, but how great he is. And so that's a great opportunity that we have coming up. Operation Christmas Child, you heard a story this morning about the impact that that has, that service. Not what I can get out of giving a box, but what can I give in the giving of that box? And the, the fact of this is, in a lot of these cases, you may never know the impact that you've had. That's okay. We're called to sow seed not necessarily to harvest. I would love to be able to be there at every harvest, but that's just not the way it works. Sometimes we're just called to sow seed. And if we'll do that faithfully, eventually, God will use that and create that harvest. So I encourage you to take advantage of these opportunities. Also, if you would like to know more about how we do this here at WordServe, where half of our name is Serve, I would encourage you to sign up for WordServe 101. Why uh, is this valuable? Well, WordServe 101 tells you a little bit about more who we are. There's no requirement to join us at the end of that, but if you would desire to, then that's the process. That's how we go through it. I will warn you in advance that when you take vows of the church, and there will be a membership Sunday coming up, 
When you take vows of the church, uh, just be aware that three of the seven vows have serve in them. Imagine that. So uh, confessing Jesus as Savior and promise to serve him as their Lord. Uh, remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Now, that sounds like a tall order, but that's why we stick together. We equip and support one another in that process. Faithfully participating in ministries uh, by prayers, presence, gifts, there's that word again, service, and witness. This is what it is to be part of the body of Christ. And this is an adventure. This is exciting stuff. Because there's a world in need out there. I don't know if you've seen that. I have seen it. I live in it. I am chief among them. I am in need. And I need you. We need Jesus. That's the bottom line of all of this. So if you are interested in the WordServe 101, you can text the word JOIN to the number that's on the screen. If you have any questions about that, I'll be available at the door uh, on the way out. Just let me know. And I would love to have you uh, see what that's about, to get plugged in to that. As I reflect on uh, how I have looked at whether I'm going to join an organization or not, I'll, I'll be frank, uh, often it's more about what I can get than what I can give. But the more trips I take around the sun, the more I'm beginning to realize, maybe I've missed the mark. Maybe it's Jesus' way that's the better way. I wonder if in asking what I can get, I've settled for less. By that I mean... Jesus has so much to offer. And when it's focused on me, I miss everything that's available through him. I wonder if maybe the better way, the real reward, the real purpose and meaning that I find in life is not found in what I can give, or what I can get, rather, but what I can give. If that's you, I encourage you to join us in this journey. If you're not sure, I encourage you to pray because there's a world out there that needs to hear from you, actually needs to hear from Jesus through you. You have people that you can reach and you can find that meaning and purpose in our life in Christ. And I invite you on that journey today. Will you pray with me, please? God, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the one who makes it all possible. Thanks for the one who gave so much gave until he was empty, he had nothing left to give, gave himself into the human form to come here on earth to suffer among us just like everyone else, gave his life on a cross, gave his love to his disciples, gave his forgiveness to all who believe, and freed us from the power of sin and death. God, I can think of no greater gift that he has given. So God, let us be thankful for that in a way that we choose to respond. Help us not just to go through this life of Christ as a duty or an obligation, but God, let us connect at the heart level and see what you've done for us. And out of a response of gratitude, let us come forward and offer our service to you so that the world may know you are who you say you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.